Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow, here we are, right? Second Sunday in Advent and secular Christendom is almost finished with Christmas altogether. The companies have all read their ads. The stores have been decorated since October. That jolly bearded fellow seems to be all over the place. And we come unto church on this wonderful Sunday morning and hear our gospel with John the Baptist. Right? Penitent Advent unto you, you brood of vipers. John the Baptist is never going to be confused with jolly old St. Nick. A prophet of law and doom, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist must have been quite some spectacle, right? A real Grizzly Adams type. A camel-haired tunic tied with a leather belt, a diet of, of locust and wild honey. Probably thin. Probably really thin. Like emaciated thin. See your ribs in the whole nine yards, right? No bright red suit. No ho-ho-ho. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not presume to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. John the Baptist was probably in a scene. They were a strict Jewish sect of monks that lived out on the, the Dead Sea. They're the same ones that left us the Dead Sea Scrolls. Luke tells us that he was the only son of a devout priest. That his mother's name was Elizabeth. That, he was, that she was a, a, a relative of Mary, the mother of our Lord. That Jesus and John were actually cousins. But more importantly, John the Baptist was the one spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. A voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He is the forerunner of Christ. He is the great messenger sent forth in the spirit of Elijah to proclaim to the people the coming of their God. John the Baptist's mission, call the people to repentance. Bring forth fruit in keeping with repentance. Luke chapter 3 tells us what that looks like. Let the man who has two tunics share with one who has none. Let him who has food do likewise. Do not take money by force. Don't falsely accuse anybody. Be content with your wages. In short, turn from your lives of sin and live new lives in faith and obedience unto God. <coughs> Interestingly enough, he was... Addressing the religious crowd of his day. The Pharisees were the devout people who lived by a very strict code of ethics. The Sadducees were the priests and the clergy who worked in the temple. Surely, out of all of the people of Israel who had been open to this message of repentance and obedience of faith, it should have been these two groups of people. And yet John the Baptist calls them a brood of vipers. In reality, they're worshiping a false religion. They are practitioners of a, a false religion. They are doing God's religion, but they're doing it according to their own rules. They're doing it according to their own way. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were truly religious people, but that didn't make them righteous. They had strict regulations. 
They had rigid ceremonial practices. And like so many of us, we're tempted as well, instead of simply obeying God's law, to substitute our own rules, to substitute our, our own thinkings and our own understandings, often violating God's commands. We gerrymander the text, gloss over the meaning of words, we pick at nuances, create sophisticated definitions, and argue about the meaning of is. Mark chapter 6. Jesus records they set aside the, the law of Moses to care for their parents and they call it Corbin. That is, they have dedicated the goods that could have been used for the care of their parents. They've dedicated those goods to the work of the kingdom of God. Not that those goods are going to go to the kingdom of God anytime soon, but I've dedicated them to be given later. It's an empty ritual designed to free greedy people from their God-given obligations to their parents. The law of Moses reads, honor your father and mother. That doesn't stop just because you turned 18. Or 35. Or 55. Or 65. In short, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines and the precepts of men and neglecting the commandments of God. And we're like them. He could be saying this to us, you brood of vipers. We honor God with our lips, but we fail to do so in practice. We maintain good appearances outwards, even while we violate God's law. Like the Sadducees, we're overcome with ritual. We think that God is pleased because we come to church every once in a while. But we act like pagans the other six days of the week. Like the Pharisees, we live by a strict moral code until that code becomes inconvenient and then we make allowances for sin. Not just allowances for our own sin, but we make allowances for everybody else's as well. We feign compassion for those who are in need and then we claim it as Corbin. It's dedicated unto God. We take it off our taxes as a good work. Really, we're just salving our guilty consciences. We give back, but we give back in fractions. I mean, tiny fractions of what we've given. We fail to share the gospel with the lost and the hurting and the dying because we're, we don't think they deserve to hear it. Or we're afraid of them. We're afraid of their questions. We fear their wrath. We're, they're just sinners just like you and I. What do we have to fear from them? What do we care what they think? John the Baptist warned the religious people of his day not to assume that that Abraham is their father. Do not presume to say to yourself that I have Abraham as my father, because I tell you, God can raise up from stones children from Abraham. Fastest growing Christian nation in the world? China. After that, India. After that, a half a dozen countries in Africa, while the Christian church in America dies. We are dying off. You know why? Because we're chasing other gods. And nobody has the courage to call it out. Scripture tells us that God is no respecter of, of persons. That even our best efforts are filthy rags before Him. God is not terribly impressed with our efforts to praise Him. God is not terribly impressed by our ceremonies. God is not terribly impressed by our rituals. He is not terribly impressed by our obedience either. Do not hurt or harm your neighbor. But help him support him in every physical need. Lead sexually pure and decent lives in all that we do and say. Don't lie about people. 
Don't slander people. Don't betray people. Defend them. Speak well of them. Don't scheme to get things that aren't yours. Don't scheme to get people on your side. Don't scheme. We've all fallen short. Every single one of us has broken God's law. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages for that sin is death. We've all failed to produce the good works that God demanded of us. And no about a holiness and external rituals or worship is going to cover that up. You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Well, John the Baptist didn't. And Luke did. And Paul. And Christ himself. And Dr. Luther. And President Walther. And Pastor Sheets. And Pastor Schmidt. And Pastor Groudon. We've been warned. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is coming after me. Who is more mighty than I. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And with fire. Jesus our Savior has come into the world. And he didn't come into the world to condemn the world. The world stands self-condemned. By their own definitions they condemn themselves. Jesus comes into the world to save us from our sins. He is the stem of Jesse from Isaiah. And then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse and the branch of the root will bear fruit. Also righteousness will be the belt about his loins and faithfulness the belt about his waist. And they will not hurt or destroy on my holy mountain for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This Jesus is coming to redeem his people. Coming to reconcile the world unto himself. As John said, the kingdom of God is at hand. And we're not fit to remove his sandals. The great prophet and forerunner of Jesus recognized his own inadequacy in standing before Jesus, the Lord of life. The fact is, none of us are worthy of Jesus. But that didn't matter to Jesus. You see, Jesus set aside His divine glory and He came down to be with us. Jesus is made man, manifest. He is our Emmanuel, God with us and for us. He set aside His divine glory to be here. He humbled Himself to be born of a woman, to be born under the law, to fulfill the law which we couldn't fulfill. He became a servant, became a servant for our sake. That He might deliver us into the truth. He suffered humiliation. He was beaten, spit upon, scourged, died a death on a cross, suffered humiliating torment. That torment that we rightly deserved for what we had done. And He paid the penalty for our transgressions that we might live. Remembering that God has given us the greatest gift of all in this holiday season. God has given us His own Son as a ransom. Christ Jesus through faith in Him that we might be saved. Through Christ's death and resurrection, He's granted us forgiveness of sins. He's freed us from sin and death and hell. And bestowed upon us this free grace gift of eternal life. And He did so not because we earned it, not because we deserved it. He gave it to us on account of His gracious love for us. He has cleared His threshing floor. 
He's gathered His wheat into His barn. And as this Spirit of God enables you to guide you in all that is right and true, we endeavor to do what is right. To live lives of service and of repentance. To be in obedience unto the law. We worship in spirit and truth. Show compassion to those who are needed. And what's more, we share the gospel of joy with those around us. Through our smiles and through our life and through how, how we live and how we work. We want to tell them about this really incredible good news of life everlasting. Given to us by our Lord and Savior. Go forth and make disciples of all nations. Penitent advent unto you, you brood of vipers. For Christ has made you children of God. He's made you heirs in the kingdom of God. You are saints and sinners, every one. May this God of hope and peace and joy bring this life into fulfillment and fruition within our lives so that they might look at your good works and glorify your God who is in Father. Peace and joy in this season of repentance as we await the gift of God's only Son, believing that we may abound in hope and power in the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us rise.